Mm-hmm. If you don't get six hours of sleep, you're, it's hard to make that back up. You're probably doing a lot of harm. Yeah. So that to me is the thing. If you can get six hours, then I would go to the gym. Mm. If you can't get six hours, skip the gym that morning. And there's mm-hmm. some days for me that that happens. Got it. So that's the way I would do that. And the way I do that is not, I, you know, from when you go to bed to when you wake up, it's six hours of sleep. So yeah. you have to have a sleep device to be able to truly know that. So if you get five hours and 55 minutes of sleep, um, stay in bed the extra hour instead of getting up and going to CrossFit. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing terrific. Thanks, Patrick. We are back to our two-minute drill. Two-minute drill is when I sort through my uh, Instagram DMs and I pull out all of the very good questions. Um, and it's a, as of this recording, I have so many two-minute drill questions sitting in my DMs that oh I have not God. gotten through yet. So if you're waiting for me to respond that, that I got it, I promise you I will. Um, but between questions and then people making sure that we know that the reference Encino you made like six, yeah, like six yeah, episodes I've ago. Got, yeah. I love everybody who sent me a message that it was Encino Man, but I got it. I don't need any more messages. We're good. Um, so, so good. between those, so I, I promise I do read everything, um, all the questions we get and I add them to our list. I've so, had more conversations about Polly Shore in the last <laughs> few weeks than I have in like the last three decades. That's that's good. Uh, I'm glad you haven't had more conversations about him uh, before now. So, all right. So, two minute drill is uh, covers questions that uh, are round subjects we often talk about, but not specifically about uh, or not stuff that we tend to do full episodes on. All right. First question: What is the chasing excellence approach to dating and romantic relationships? Holy smokes. In two minutes. Yeah. Solve everybody's dating problems. I, I love that the the there's that there's a chasing excellence approach to anything. I just <laughs> think that's just that is yeah. cool. I didn't think that when we started this thing a bunch of years ago, I didn't think that would be yeah. a thing. Your next book will be Chasing Excellence for for Dating. Okay. So yeah, right. <laughs> um so disclaimer, I hated dating. Um, so I'm so glad that I, I found the love of my life in Heather and that that stopped. Um, okay. So the approach though would be, um, are you doing it with the end state goal in mind? And Mm. it would be, so you're not going through it just to, just to go through it. You're not going through it. So, um, two things, it would be, um, what are you truly trying to accomplish out of this dating? Um, are you doing it just to kind of boost your own ego or are you doing it just to, um, fill time and waste time? Or are you doing it to try and whatever, find a soulmate, find whatever it is, someone to travel the world with is, and being very intentional with that. And then as you went through it is to be as, um, um, withstand judgment as much as possible. I don't Mm. know how to say that. Uh, because when you, when you judge, you are removing, um, um, present moment awareness. And what we want to be, because what you're doing is judging, be like, oh, she said this, so this means that. And that means she's going to be a bad mom, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. just truly be present as much as possible and aware as much as possible and appreciate the moment as much as possible. Um, from there, it would also be, 
um, be clear is kind and unclear is unkind. So if it's not working out, don't string people along. Don't send them a text. Do the hard thing. Have an in-person conversation as soon as you have these feelings to make sure that you are taking the high road every single time. Love that. Did you say clear is kind? Is that what it was? Yes, clear is kind. That's cool. I like that a lot. Uh, next question. Where is the line between one-upping and authentic- uh, and authentically trying to relate to someone because you've done that, been there, uh, and want to kind of share that experience? Okay. So what this person's referencing is something we've talked about before is someone tells a story and you know, um, someone's like, oh my gosh, I went snorkeling. You're like, oh, that's really cool. I went shark diving. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like you're, you're totally robbing that person of their moment. So this is a great question. And there's, um, I don't have the right answer for this, but there's a, there is a fine line that incredibly emotionally intelligent people can straddle very, very well. And the only way I can kind of, um, um, give advice on this would be to be incredibly aware of where you are on that. Are you trying to truly connect with the person through a shared experience, which doesn't take a lot? Mm. So Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights, which is an awesome book. I think everybody should listen to that book. And I think that people should listen to it and not read it. He's so mm. good. One <laughs> yeah. of the things he talks about was he takes this really long trip and he walks 10 miles to this um, monk place in, um, you know, in the middle of, um, Mexico and finally gets to talk to this monk and they go on this really long walk for four hours. He just spills his gut for four hours. Finally, he gets to this place and they sit on this park bench and he's waiting for brother Matthew, um, also named Matthew to kind of share his wisdom. And, um, after four hours of sharing all these troubles and all these struggles he's going through, um, brother Matthew turns to Matthew McConaughey and says, me too. Mm. Like that's enough to connect with somebody. You don't want to go and go, me too. Here's way I, and again, make it about you. So I get it. We want to connect with people, but also recognize that it doesn't take a lot for for you to connect with them. Mm. You understanding them has more to do with it. So somebody tells a skydiving story and you went skydiving, doesn't mean you have to tell yours. It doesn't. Because they've done Fran, and you've done Fran, doesn't mean you have to tell them about the last time you did Fran. Mm-hmm. Instead, maybe ask them three or four more questions about their experience. Next one. I'm a full-time college student, and the only CrossFit class I'm able to make uh, with my work and class schedule is the 5.30 a.m. class. But that leaves me in a battle of choosing to get more sleep or go, to, or to go to the gym. When it comes down to it, is it better to sacrifice sleep or the gym being a college student? I really miss going to CrossFit classes, but I also like getting my sleep when I can. Me too. (laughs) Me three. That's a great, uh, what an awesome question. And it's something I struggle with as well. I mean, this is, I I work out in the morning as well and um, same scenario. Here's the way I would do this. And um, it's, again, it's a way for me to create some sort of like uh, Mendoza lines that I, ahead of time in making the decision. If you don't get six hours, this is based off of research. Mm -hmm. If you don't get six hours of sleep, you're... It's hard to make that back up. You're probably doing a lot of harm. So that to me is the thing. If you can get six hours, then I would go to the gym. Mm. If you can't get six hours, skip the gym that morning. And there's Mm -hmm. some days for me that that happens. Got it. So that's the way I would do that. And the way I do that is not, you know, from when you go to bed to when you wake up, it's six hours of sleep. So you have to have a sleep device to be able to truly know that. 
So if you get five hours and 55 minutes of sleep, um, stay in bed the extra hour instead of getting up and going to CrossFit. Yeah. The easy math there that I've just found having used a Fitbit is like, if you want the six hours, you've got to be in bed for the seven, for seven. Exactly. It's and an hour. It extra. Usually, it usually, yeah, lo- yeah exactly. Yep. Um, and so you would do that kind of a case by case, like today, I shoot, I got five and a half. So, so I'm I would always, I would, so what I would do is I would set up my life to make sure that I'm going to bed to where I'm going to be in bed for seven hours got it. at a minimum. Got it. At a minimum. So whatever that is for this college student. If he does the 5.30 a.m. class, that means he's got to give it five. So from five to before that is he's got to be in bed. So that's a seven hours. He's got to be in bed. Am I doing the math right? 10 o'clock? I think 10. Yep. 10 yeah. So you got to be in bed at 10 o'clock. For nights that you don't get in bed at 10 o'clock, those you next days, scratch it. you scratch across for the next day. Instead, stay in bed and get an extra hour, even more. Maybe like you, that. Maybe those are the nights that you actually get more sleep. Yeah. Got it. Love that. Uh, next one. You have $65 for you and another person, child or partner to spend at the grocery store. Could you and Ben each give your kind of go-to shopping lists for food or meals over the course of a week? Um, so 65 bucks for you. Wow. That's, that's a, that's a super challenge. So that's $6 a day for two people. Um, I am probably going to be getting um, massive amounts of um, the cleanest, cheapest protein source I can get. Mm-hmm. Um, meat is the most nutrient-dense food there is. Um, and I would love to say I would get a lot of vegetables, but you're not going to get full enough. You're not going to get enough calories. Yeah. So I would get as much protein as possible. Um, as cheap as possible, as clean as possible. And I realize that there's great that like yeah. those those consent those yeah. Venn diagram circles and whatever overlaps in the middle of that, that's what I would yeah. get. Yeah. If that's if that's um the Costco big ass things of chicken breast, yep. then that's what it is. If for some reason you can kind of get enough, but it's grass fed beef, like cool, even better, like you know, whatever it is. What would you do? Yep. I would I would um I, I'm with you. I think the two things that pop into my head in terms of protein are I would get three or four dozen eggs um, and I would eat a lot of eggs and then I'd get like the rotisserie chicken or or some some chicken that chicken's just generally less expensive. So I would go, I would go for those two. Um or maybe even some sandwich meats, like some turkeys or something like that might be might be yeah. comparable. And then Nuts and uh, a lot of bananas, a lot of apples, a lot of relatively inexpensive fruits that can last the week. Mm-hmm. Was kind of, those would be my staples anyways. Cool. Yeah. Next one. Do you have any marketing tips for, person, for a personal trainer? Yeah. Don't worry about marketing. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll steal something from the early days of CrossFit which is um, think about all the ways that you can improve your business that don't improve the actual end experience for a customer. Mm-hmm. A lot of that's called marketing. <laughs> so if for a personal trainer, I think about this in generally in terms of service-oriented businesses. I think service-oriented businesses, and again, it's what you're chasing. So you could create um, an incredibly lucrative business by going crazy with marketing and you can do that. Mm-hmm. But the turnover is high. People on this that follow this that in terms of like the chasing excellence approach that would not be that because you are going to be, you're not going to reach fulfillment. 
for ours, people, personal trainer, people that got into it for all the right reasons, want to change people's lives. Focus on that. If you really change people's lives, the marketing will take care of itself. I realize that that's not the popular thing or what people want to hear. They want to hear what is the get 60 clients in 60 days approach. There are approaches that do that. There are. But it your people are passing through the funnel faster and faster and faster, which means you have to put more expenses, effort, and energy resources towards the funnel, which takes away from the clients. Now, if you go, no, I'm a great trainer. I'm a great trainer. Like I, I, I just need more clients. Then you're not a great trainer yet. That mm-hmm. honestly is the thing. Like if you're a great, great trainer, you don't need to advertise. You don't because they're going to be coming to you. I promise you they will. I promise, promise, promise. My approach to that is get even better at your craft. Don't get distracted by chasing the next client. Can you shed more light on how to deal with spouses who are not on board with my quote unquote lifestyle, i.e. nutritional choices and CrossFit? Yeah, this is, this is awesome. Um, it's hard. It's a really popular thing that we see in our gym. Um, you know, uh, where people come in and all of a sudden they're like, whoa, and their lives get transformed and they're all of a sudden so into this new lifestyle, um, but their spouse is not. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here would be my approach to that. Surrender. Let it go. Live um, as much as you can because uh, live as much as you can on your terms and don't try to pull your spouse in. It's one of those things that um, the more you give resistance or try to get something, the harder and more elusive it becomes. Yeah, It's like happiness. Like the more you chase trying to be happy, the less mm-hmm. happy you become. It's like you're tra- grabbing like a wet bar of soap. It just keeps on slipping out of your hands. And the more you try to like persuade, it's kind of like, like religion or politics, persuade someone over to your way. Mm-hmm with facts, figures, or anything else, the more resistance you're going to come against. Mm-hmm. And instead, just live it with as much enjoyment as possible with no judgment on the other person whatsoever and let them come to it at on their terms. Yep. Yep. I am 39 years old doing CrossFit for the last three years and enjoying the journey. However, recently I'm getting confused on defining a quote unquote right way to breathe during a workout. I read the oxygen advantage and did some nasal breathing for a period of time. Other times I've used nasal strips to open my nose uh, because I have a deviation. And recently I saw airwave uh, or the airwave mouthpiece that I'm thinking about trying to give uh, give a try. Is there a recommendation on what to uh, what to use or do to help me not over breathe in the first 30 seconds uh, or a specific way of breathing that I need to learn while working out? Uh, yeah, this might be a, like, it's almost the same answer to the other. It's like, let it go a little bit. Mm. The more mm. in, so breathing is really powerful. It's really uh, in, impactful for our health, for our, um, our, our mindset in terms of creating whether we're in a parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system. Um, but it's kind of like anybody that's been like really aware of their breathing when they're swimming, all that does is create more anxiety and Mm. it perpetuates the problem you're trying to solve. 
So in a workout, in a CrossFit workout, you should not be thinking about your breathing. You, that's not what you want to be thinking about. Now, if you feel like you're over-breathing too early, it's either because it's the same thing as somebody jumps in the pool and by the time they get to the end and back, they're like already out of breath. Instead, we should be focusing on is our technique or relaxing or swimming slower. So if you get into a CrossFit workout in 30 seconds, you feel like you're in panic mode. It's not that you're breathing incorrectly necessarily. Now, a deviated symptom or something like that sounds like, I love that you're being super intentional and trying to find solutions. Love that. But once you get into it, the goal should be to try to like create as much efficiency with your movements, try to find the right pacing. And the more you try to like, I'm going to breathe out or I'm going to breathe in with, there's too much bracing going in our movements. Like when you're doing squat cleans with 185 pounds, it's, it's you're holding your breath. You should be yeah. holding your breath. And then you drop the bar and you got to breathe three or four quick little breaths to get it back up to hold your breath again. If we're like, I'm going to breathe out, I'm going to be rhythmic. And every time I lift the bar, I'll be... Just instead, use the practice of breath, expanding like through breath practice, breath awareness mm. throughout the rest of the day. But when you get into a workout, that's a time to let the breath go a little bit and not be as intentional with your breathing. Got it. Next question. Just finished attending the CrossFit level two and was wondering your take on a concept of a quote unquote heavy day where it is strength only, no Metcon. We follow comp train class and it's mostly a Metcon only day. And then once or twice a week, a strength plus Metcon day, which we like. Just curious your thoughts on the difference between the kind of the dot com and the comp train class uh, programming in that respect. Yep. Uh, certainly aware of a strength day. We used to do it. We used to follow CrossFit.com programming. Um, after that, we kind of stayed with the template, but ourselves. In over 15 years of kind of figuring out what the best practices are for us and what we're trying to do for accomplish for our members, um, it didn't um, it didn't move the needle the way that we wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Similar to that is the same reason that we don't do what CrossFit.com does, where we do um, solely long, slow distance. And the most programmed workout on CrossFit.com, meaning that we follow like just like they do, like. Just like you're going to do a strength only day, which is five, 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 five back squat or one, 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 one deadlift or whatever it is. Nobody asked the question though. Nobody asked this question. How come you don't do the only 5K run days? No one's asking that. Yeah. Right? But there's a reason we don't do that as well. Because for us, that doesn't move the needle for our members the way that we want it to. Either the right people aren't showing up on those days, meaning that it is the people that only like running that show up on those days. On the mm-hmm. lifting days, it's the people, only people that like lifting those days. What we found is that we need the cross-ference over. So you almost have to trick your members into coming in on the opposite days. That's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. The number one job that we have is, we know the program works. Like this, pro, it's the best program that's ever been created in the history of the world in terms of creating fitness, work capacity across broad time and modal domains. All we need to do is get our members to show up more. That's it. If you can get your members to show up from two days a week to three days a week, oh my God, that's a massive improvement. You get from three days a week to four days a week, whoa, 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 whoa. It doesn't matter necessarily what they're doing when they come in. In fact, when they do come in, we want to make sure that they're getting the biggest bang for their buck. And most of your members track it. I challenge you to track this. What you do is you see the members that show up all the time. Actually take the number of people that have a membership in your gym. 
Then take the total attendance for that month. Divide that by the number of classes you have. Most of your members are only showing up about 2.2 to 2.5 times a week. Mm. That's what's actually happening. Now shift the goal to making it, getting them to show up to 3.5 times a week. So this is actually one of the things that came to light with us. Ours was 2.5. COVID happened. Our membership went down to 40%. But what was amazing was the routine people fell into in COVID. Yeah. Our attendance went up to 4.5. It almost Mm. doubled. It almost doubled. It's an amazing, awesome thing. So that's such a win for us. Can you get your members to show more? That's the goal. And when they do show up, can you give them the biggest bang for their buck? And if we're going to do some strengths up by itself, we're also going to put a little Metcon behind it. Yep. Got it. Cool. Uh, As an owner of a gym or a coach, how would you approach a member with particularly bad body odor that has been complained Mm -hmm. about by other members and classmates? Um, so the first thing I would do is make sure that you have a good rapport with that athlete. So we've talked about on the podcast here, but it's that theory of the emotional bank account. If you've never talked to this member the first time, you don't want to go up and be like, dude, people are complaining about you saying you stink. The member's not going to come back. Now that's a drastic, but whatever at best, that's a likely best case is like you take a withdrawal from that athlete. So the first thing you want to do is make sure that the athlete trusts you and then, um, do it in a easy way where it's like just that day. Don't make the person feel like people are talking about them behind their back. So don't mm-hmm. go, hey, listen, Bill, people are talking and um, they've come to the conclusion that you stink. <laughs> like that's what you're saying is people talked about you behind your back in a really negative yeah. way. That's a, yeah. horrible. Instead, some, just go for some length of time. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> for un, some unknown yeah. length of time. Yeah. Instead, just like make it like it's a thing in the moment. Be like, whoa, Bill, might be time to retire that shirt. Like mm. that thing kind of stinks today. And then the next time it, he comes in, it's like, whoa, Bill, is that the same shirt? That shirt stinks. And me, he's like, no, it's not. It's like, oh, okay. And then Bill, like, um, dude, like kind of realizing like uh, this is a pattern. Like, mm. um, and then, you know, talk to him with a like a solution oriented thing. Um, those type of nylon shirts, if you, um, if you, um, don't dry them soon enough, like whatever it is. Don't put them in the dryer soon enough. They Or after, what I found is after 15 uses in the gym, they're gone. Like that type of shirt, you can't use anymore. Maybe try something like with some more whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. um, Or um, love that. I can, um, you'd be like, gets in a discussion of like the natural deodorant versus whatever. It's something else. I don't know what the yeah. cause is. But um, big one there is don't let them feel like people have been talking about behind their backs. Last question I've got for you today. As a believer and admirer of the CompTrain Academy project, which we talked about in, in previous episodes, um, how would you recommend somebody, uh, someone to prepare for a job opportunity at this academy, not as an athlete, maybe not even as a coach if there are enough already, but as a part of the CompTrain team? Are there any specific subjects, areas of sub, uh, study, experiences, traits you and the team consider of great value to evaluate uh, in someone who wants to join the project? I'll give a very direct answer to this. Uh, yeah. First way to have, inquire about it would be to send um, on our website, we have a career page. So mm-hmm. go to comptrain.com and click on careers. Um, if we have job postings available, they are there. Um, if you want to leg up against everybody else, show up, be here. Honestly, like be here and introduce yourself in person. We're here every single day. 
take a class and see truly if this is an environment that you want to be a part of. And then we can then meet you in person. Mm-hmm. In terms of what we look for, we look first and foremost for people with um, shared um, character traits, which is humility, hunger, and um, people that don't complain. Mm-hmm. Um, see things as glass half full, opportunities, not obstacles. From there, we're always looking for value added people. So what is your skill set? Um, are you good at video editing, photo um, shooting um, pictures? Are you a coach? Do you want to be a part of um, it from an athlete perspective? Are you a marketing stud? Are you a data scientist? Like we're a growing team. We've gone, our team has gone from uh, five or six people a year ago to 25 people this year. So um, we are, we are growing and we are looking for people. So I appreciate the question. Um, Hopefully we get to meet you soon. Just, just cause I think it's fun. And one of the, the parts of this question that was really interesting to me is like, are there specific subjects, areas of study, et cetera, that you, um, that you feel like are going to be valuable to you? Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. Cause for whatever reason, we're not quite ready yet, but is there a subject, an area that you're like in a couple of years, we're going to need to get two, three, four really good people to tackle that thing. Like, is there a, yeah. is there a data? Are you projecting for it? Is it data? Data, data like data scientist type thing? Yep. Yes. Really interesting. Yeah. So, so uh, data slash uh, machine learning. Mm. And is that for like the athlete side of things? Is that for the programming side of things? Is that for the, it's for the side of things? It's for the 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 product. So yeah, um, we are trying to. So it's for the end users. It's so that the end users, the people that want to sign up for um, our programming through our app, get the best possible experience. And the way that we're going to get that to them is how can we take, it's exactly what I do with my athletes. I try to learn them as much as I possibly can to figure out what is going to move the needle for them the most and -hmm. then deliver that program to them. So what we need to do is be able to capture data from our end users to be able to figure out what is the things that we can do to move the needles for them the most. Love it. Cool. Well, good luck to that. I think that that's that uh, that sounds exciting and a, and a good problem to try to solve. So, um, looking forward to that. Thank you everybody out there for sending us questions. You can find me on the Instagrams. P.S. Cummings. Uh, send me a, a DM, and I promise I will get to it and I'll add it to our long list. Thank you everybody out there for your ratings and your reviews. Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.